Yes, and we uh, promised at the start of the show uh, that we, we were going to be talking gigs. This is light and bright. This is happy and clappy. This is a good music news. Um, we, we've turned a corner with 200 shows. Yeah. yeah nothing, That's what's happened. Nothing but positivity. No, uh, we can't promise that. We don't know what's going to happen in the world of Australian music. Uh, however, we do know what's happening in the world uh, of Australian live music to a degree for the next few months. Um <laughs> That's a lot of asterisks on the end of that one. Uh, but it starts with Great Southern Nights kicking off. Now, if you don't know what Great Southern Nights is, this was an initiative started by the New South Wales government uh, way back in 2020, year one of the pandemic. Basically, Great Southern Nights was a, a, a government-funded initiative where they were going to put money towards and help with the, the organisation and creation of a lot of live music events, whether they be one-off gigs or small festivals or anything like that. One such example of that was the Next Exit Festival, which mm-hmm. came to Gosford in 2021, <laughs> I think. I, I believe it was I, last year. And yeah. It was, it was Spacey Jane. It was Spacey Jane, uh, Clues. Um, but yeah, that was you know made, made possible largely in part by the New South Wales government. They've decided to continue it on this year. Last year, it was very difficult for them to do it because we had such heavy lockdowns. It was, you know, uh, COVID finally making its way to us here in Australia. This year, it's looking a lot better obviously the outlook is Mm. is a lot better a lot clearer so they've been able to plan some really really great gigs it kicked off a couple of days ago it is absolutely loaded it's going to have concerts uh, from jimmy barnes amy shark jessica mowboy the veronicas uh baker boy peking duck courtney barnett daryl braithwaite archie roach higgins casey chambers and like a whole bunch more and when i say a whole bunch i mean a whole bunch more but there's a bunch of local gigs i mean one of those you mentioned kicked off on the weekend one of those was actually at Drifter's Wharf. Client liaison headlined Molly Millington, Central Coast local and friend of the show as well, support on there. There's also coming up on the 27th, so coming up on Sunday, this Sunday, we have The Good Love, Molly Millington again, Sam Windley and Ruby Archer. So three friends of the show there. That's at the Evoca Beachside Market. So that's part of the Great Southern Nights. There's also more gigs, you know, DZ Death Rays at Drifter's Wharf on the 31st of March. We also have Alaskia, Nee, Ella Powell at Pocket Bar at Terrigal. And then on the 9th, Tessa Thames and a whole bunch of friends at Naughty Noodle Funhouse at Along Beach. So there's plenty of local gigs. Head to our Instagram page. We did another gig guide last week where we outlined a few more local gigs that were happening. Not part of the Great Southern Nights, but just some some local gigs happening as well because it is starting to ramp up. It is, it is. And uh, we can promise you it's going to ramp up a little bit further on the Central Coast moving forward. But more on that uh, as it comes to hand for us here. <laughs> But yeah, Annabelle Hurd, she's the CEO of ARIA. They spearheaded this initiative in partnership with the state government back when it started. And it was delivered via Destination New South Wales, which is the agency we have in this state. But yeah, she said that they wanted a way to to both inject financial resources into the industry, work and help the live industry back on its feet. That's why they did it in 2020. 2022, they're going bigger and better though. She is you know, the first to admit that we thought we might be in a bit of a different spot by 2020. Um, I thought we wouldn't be needing, you know, New South Wales government interjection to try and help the live sector get back on its feet because it's sort of been a struggle for the last couple of years. As we know, there haven't been any gigs, so it is hard to sort of make 
a living and make any money off touring when you can't actually tour. So this is, an, yeah, why the government sort of stepped in and you can completely understand why they didn't think they'd still be here in 2022 because we didn't think we'd be here in 2022. No, no. I mean, but when we were just cruising rosy as in 2020, I think we were all a little bit ignorant to what the realities of this pandemic was. But um, it, it does look like we're in a better spot now, which is good. Um, <laughs> Are one, we being ignorant again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, is, is there ignorance in those words too? Um, uh, but yeah, what one thing that's been identified, we've heard about this a fair bit as well here at Homebrew, is, is simply the confidence issue, the confidence. I mean, if you're looking at, at sporting matches, for example, you're still seeing lower crowd numbers than yeah. you'd want across all codes, purely because people are just still that little bit skeptical to leave the house. They've lost the routine of going to these matches. Yeah. And the same can be said for live music. It can, but I think the one thing live music has on its hands is it's not televised. Yeah, you, yeah. You, If you're not at the event, you miss out, whereas sport... Pretty much everything is televised. Some of it's behind, you know, pay TV with Foxtel or a streaming service like Paramount for A-League. Gigs, yeah, you have to be there. Um, unless there's more net gigs type gigs going on that we're not aware about. But certainly that is one thing that music does have on its hand to try and get people through the door. But on the other side of music, there's lots of singing, lots of dancing, lots of sweating. It's probably a higher chance to spread and catch it as opposed to sitting at a mostly empty stadium. Yeah, and like, like they the are. Open air. Yeah, um, so the actual attendance side of live music, as far as I can tell, has been quite good. That confidence issue extends beyond just, you know, uh, people going to events. It's also the confidence of event holders to be putting them on. We saw a, a national insurance mm. scheme ish program rolled out recently after literally years of it being begged for uh, by the live performance sector, uh, which was welcomed, absolutely welcomed. But um, that's a key thing in getting confidence back for uh, event managers and people who are putting these things on because they know if, if their gig gets cancelled for whatever reason out of their control, they're not going to be out of pocket to the tunes of hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. But also when we have these state government initiatives rolling through, you see other people who put on events go, okay, well, they're doing it. Yeah. We can maybe look to do ours too. So it has this kind of knock-on effect. And then you see friends going to gigs. And you're like, all right, I better start going to gigs again, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very cyclical. It's very related. Everything is connected mm. to one another. So it's really good to see these things happening um, to, to inspire some confidence. There certainly is. And just going back to the Great Southern Nights in particular, everybody gets paid. No one is working for free. That goes all the way down the food chain, as they called it. So anyone from you know the stagehands to the lighting and PA to the actual performers themselves, the promoters of the event, everybody is getting paid as part of this initiative as well because of, I mean, we could literally, we've repeated it so many times, but it just never gets untrue until we get to a point where we don't have to talk about it anymore. But <laughs> so many people have left the industry and most notably in the live sector because they haven't been able to secure any financial income. This does help that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's like the security of a government job. It's the security of a council job, you know. You can well, you can stand by a shovel and still get paid. Or, yeah, with your account but you know, I, think, I know what you mean. I think most people were, were happy to see those ones go. Yes. But yeah, it, it's a lot of security for artists. I mean, they'd be really happy to get the call up to these kind of gigs. Um, and we know that 
uh, the venue side of gigs, the actual places where you can go and see gigs has taken a massive tumble in recent years, mm-hmm. um, partly through COVID, partly still hangover from the lockout laws, uh, which we haven't, you know, ever really bounced back from or we're yet to. Um, we spoke last year, I believe, in the music news uh, about a live music business council report um, that found 70% of music businesses w- wouldn't last more than six months with the current state of things back then. Um, and 30% would not last more than three months based on their financials. So, I mean, to, to call it a crisis was almost an understatement. And we st- have unfortunately seen venues close, like the Lansdowne, which we spoke about recently, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is really unfortunate to see. I mean, they're really important venues. So as well as filling that gap for, you know, the regular events you would see, it's also filling that venue gap and 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 kind of helping that recover and, and other venues get, uh, the time to recover or get back up on their feet or start new things up. Um, so there's a lot of elements to it. Uh, and crucially about this as well, they have said Great Southern Nights, uh, they want it to continue after this. So next year and a year after, for it to become a, a permanent thing would be a really, really good um you know, vote of confidence for yeah. the state government because you know there's nothing wrong with this. It doesn't have to just be a crisis. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason why the government can't just funnel money into the sector. I mean, once a sector has, you know, can sort of stand on its own two feet, there's no reason why the government can't continue to support the sector and to help fund these events and put on events. I mean, even if it's just for one month, even if they said April is going to be Great Southern Nights Month, people can register for, you know, their interest and get venues on board, get artists on board. And it's sort of a big celebration of the music industry. Like you mentioned, there's no reason why it has to stop once we're beyond this crisis, hopefully, eventually. We will move on to the Vivid lineup, which has been announced. I mean, Vivid known mostly for light shows and, you know, art, but in this part, I guess music is now a crucial part of the art. And I can't remember music being a large part of vivid in the past i i um i have definitely seen some vivid gigs in the past i think over the years it's it's evolved from you know being being you know uh, the beauty of the light show and, and the kind of cultural event to music playing a really integral role i mean they utilize the opera house a lot um but yeah it's it is really good to see that there's been a stacked lineup announced this year we'll do a quick run through it um this is of course coming through at winter it starts friday the 27th of may day before my birthday wow uh and finishes (laughs) on saturday the 18th of june so it's a good cold brisk night for you um out in sydney always Um, is on the harbour it is it is indeed uh so there's gonna be a whole bunch uh paul kelly and his band uh will be one of them with thelma plum sampa the great um and friends uh tk mydza moses sumney it's an international artist really cool i will be trying to get tickets to that no doubt um Astral People, Hiatus Coyote, um, Briggs, Barker. Um, there's there's a whole bunch in there. Meg Mack, who we played last week, Hermitude, uh, Blessed, RVG, Myesha, Skeleton, Gordy. Um, it's, it, we could go on and on. Georgia Mack from Camp Cope, who you'll be hearing from later in the show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally going through that list. Eamon missed so many names, which just goes <laughs> to the point of how many artists are actually booked for this. And Paul Kelly and Thelma Plum, what the first time? Time they've been on the same gig together. I think Thelma Plum might have supported Paul Kelly or they did some sort of collaboration for a gig last year as well. So, you know, obviously they've formed up quite a rapport with each other. Yeah, 
two darlings of Australian music. It oh, yeah. makes complete sense. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole lot for you to look forward to there. Um, tickets go – well, tickets went on sale today um, at 10 a.m. for all of those gigs. Um, I, I don't think they would have all sold out by now. It's not been that long. So jump on the Vivid website um, and find your way to those tickets if you want to go and uh, listen to and support live music. And similarly with Great Southern Nights, they've got a website too. Um, and also like, you know, your favorite bands that are on that lineup from Great Southern Nights, they're going to be promoting those gigs as well. So there's a lot of avenues for you to get on there and buy tickets. Um, it's looking like, you know, this is beginning, uh, it just kicked off Great Southern Nights. So we're going, you know, uh, March through to April or May, I believe, for Great Southern Nights. And then from May through to June with Vivid, that's some guaranteed really big mm. names, really big gigs coming up uh, in and around your state. So really good to see. And I'll give one last plug and shout out to our Instagram page. Uh, we are posting a gig guide there semi-regularly. So, And also get in touch if you do have a gig coming up on the Central Coast or you are a Central Coast artist gigging in and around the coast, you know, Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong, places like that. Um, do get in touch so we can promote your gig 